0: was working on this one today and yesterday, um, and and really I, I felt impressed to go back and start the New Testament again, and I uh, was in Matthew chapter 1, uh, I thought, man, that would make a great sermon, great seed thought. then I got to Matthew chapter 2, and I thought, oh, that'd make a good message, I, and well, anyway, I I had three messages written in my mind, but I only put one on paper, so we're going to be looking at that this uh, today, Bible study, God speaking in Matthew 1 through 3. Uh, The birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth the son, and she shall, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth his, her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus now uh, Matthew uh, is really uh, a record of the Lord arri- the Lord's arrival the Lord's moving and the reason I'm mentioning this is for about 400 years I, I'm not sure, I think Malachi was the last book in the Old Testament but probably the last book that was written and there was what Scholars kind of call 400 years of silence. It doesn't mean that God wasn't working. It doesn't mean that God would not speak. But really, we don't really have a lot in those 400 years. And uh, in these into this 400 years of God's seeming silence, and you say, well, 400 years, you know, uh, you need to put things in perspective. Our country, we, we did our Declaration of Independence in 1776. So that's 250 years ago. 400 years of seeming silence and then into this uh, uh, 400 years uh, between the Old Testament and his New Testament revelation we see in the beginning pages of the Gospel of Matthew the bursting forth of God once again speaking to his people John 10 and 27 says my sheep hear my voice so what that implies is that God speaks what it also implies is that if you're a child of God you have the ability to hear God speak now I've heard people say before, well, God, God doesn't speak to me. Well, I would disagree with you. And you say, well, you don't live my life. You don't know what I'm doing right now. No, I'm not. I'm not I don't live your life, but I tend to side with what God says, not what you say. I love you, but I'm not going to accept what you say. I'm going to accept what God says because God says, let God be true in every man a eh? liar. So if God says, my sheep hear my voice, and you say, no, I don't, well, I'm going to side with God. Well, how do you explain that I don't hear his voice? Well, I would probably explain it this way. You probably don't distinguish his voice, but it doesn't mean that God is not speaking to you, right? And so uh, in these messages that we're going to be looking at, we're going to see several different ways that God speaks to his people. We're not going to be limited uh, the Bible doesn't limit it to these ways. There's other ways that God speaks, but I just thought, and, you know, there's quite a few ways that God speaks in, this, in these few chapters, and so let's see if we can learn something from, from it. So what does the voice of God sound like? Um, well, I've, I don't think I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I have. Uh, I, I get up every morning. and I spend time with the Lord, and I don't know about you, but every so often, not very often, but every so often, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. Have you ever been there? I'm so tired. I don't know if. I don't know if I want to get up, you know, and I forgot to set the coffee pot, and so the smell doesn't get me up, and you know, it's like, oh, it's so cold, I just want to sleep a little bit, and all of us, uh, in, in that one time, I heard, Ricky, and I thought, who called me, did my wife call me, something going on, I heard Ricky real clear, you know, but it wasn't like out there, it was just, but I heard it, and I thought, I looked around, my wife was asleep, my kids are asleep, and And then I realized that I think that was the Lord, right? Now, they didn't hear the voice. It wasn't an audible voice, but I heard it inside like it was an audible voice. And so I got up. I can't prove it to you, but that's happened a couple of times. And I I felt like the Lord was wanting to meet with me in the time when I was tired. He was like, I'm waiting for you. Are you coming? Yes, Lord, I'll be right there. Thank you very much. So... Uh, The Lord speaks to his people, but he doesn't always use words. He doesn't always use a voice like what we're audible voice, like what we we think, but he does speak to his people. So in those first few pages of Matthew, we have several recorded instances of how God spoke to his people that can serve as a guide for us and, and how God can speak to us today. So one of the first things we find is that God speaks through dreams, right? Um, if you're, if, I, I don't dream very much. Um, I used to, I had moments of time where I did dream. I, I haven't really dreamt a whole lot um, here lately. And I just take it as I'm not old yet. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Your old man shall dream dreams. Hey, I could take it however I want, right? I'm preaching. I do what I want. So, um, but anyway, I just, it's not been something that I have done frequently. I've had I had one that I can remember in the, in the last Uh, A couple of uh, uh, months, if not year. Uh, It's been a while. Um, But there was a time when I I was getting dreams a a little more frequently, but God speaks to dreams. In Matthew 1, 20-21, while Joseph was thinking about these things, I added Joseph in there so you know the context, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to to you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is with the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the very first instance of the Lord speaking to his people in Matthew comes in the form of a dream. And it actually says, an angel came to Joseph. How? In a dream. So the context was Mary had been found pregnant, and Joseph, her betrothed, was trying to figure out how he was going to be released from the marriage contract he had. It is then that in a dream an angel speaks to him the will of God for him. Now, uh, so one of the things we learn is that God speaks to his people through dreams. And you may say, well, that's Old Testament. I thought we were in Matthew chapter 1. Right? I don't know about you, but Matthew chapter 1, I have a break in my Bible. I have Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, and I have Matthew, beginning of the New Testament. So God speaks through dreams in the New Testament, I believe we're New Testament Christians. There is a, um, a teaching going around now that, well, now that we have the Bible, God doesn't do that anymore. Um, I don't believe that. I believe the Bible still teaches that God, everything that God did in the New Testament church, he still does today. You actually have to work to get to a place where you want to eliminate uh, the supernatural workings of God. You have to You have to do a few hurdles to get there. It's much easier just to believe that God is a supernatural God and God still speaks to His people. And one of the ways He speaks to His people, He speaks to His people through ge- dreams. What's interesting to, is that, and we don't do this on a frequent basis, we don't use the world uh, to validate what we do, we use the Word of God. But even the world believes that there are messages in dreams. Right? So why... We, who we're not susceptible to all these other spirits, we shouldn't be, but we believe in uh, the God who is spirit, and we believe that God speaks to his people. So why would the world, who doesn't know God, believes that they can be spoken to through dreams, why wouldn't his people believe that God, who says in his word, he speaks through dreams, believe that God can speak to us through dreams? Right? Some of you older guys. No, just kidding. All right, so uh, Matthew 2, 11 through 12, another instance. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child, we're talking about the, the Magi, uh, with his mother Mary, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream, interesting, huh? That they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So, they have two instances where God was leading in a dream. But that's not all. Matthew 2, 13 through 14, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and he departed for Egypt. And then finally, Matthew 2, 19 through 23, Now when Herod was dead, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, not the Old Testament Joseph, we're still in Matthew, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life were dead. Then he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream. You know, it's funny, you can read this and not see how many instances God was speaking to his people through dreams. Joseph seemed to be a dreamer, right? Um, one of the things that I think, I, I just noticed, I'm not saying that this always this way, but I noticed, but, but some people tend to dream more, other people tend to prophesy a little bit more, some people tend to see pictures more, some people tend to, to hear, uh, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, I've never really sat down and talked to people, but but uh we tend to find um god tends to speak to us in uh, the word i'm looking for is like uh if somebody has a dream that seems to be the preferred method that they get here from god right now it doesn't mean that god doesn't speak in different ways uh but it just seems to be that people that dream they dream a lot people that um get pictures, they get pictures a lot, you know, and uh, some people can actually see words, they see words over people, you know, and that happens to them quite a bit, some people see uh, angels, and you know, they they see that, they're seers, and so uh, it it doesn't mean that that's how God limits how he does things in our life, sometimes God switches things on us, just so that we don't get used to certain ways, and we don't uh, 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 become habitual in how we do things, but we trust in the Lord, and we follow his leading, but Joseph seemed to be a dreamer, Okay? So, one of the ways that we find is that God speaks through dreams, and I still believe God speaks through dreams. Now, this isn't a teaching on dreams, but just so you know that dreams or any kind of word from God, there's usually three parts to a word from God. One is the revelation. If we're talking about dreams, what would be the revelation part? It would be the dream, the dream itself, right? What was the dream? Well, then you got to, first you got to figure out was it from God or was it from pizza? Was it from an enemy? You got to figure that out. If it was from God, that's the revelation part. But having a dream and if you get to the point where you realize, well, I think this was from the Lord, then you got to interpret the dream. What does a dream mean? In Joseph's dream in the Old Testament, guy had a basket on his head and birds were eating out of it, and he said in 3 days you're going to lose your head, you know. And, and Well, that's the interpretation. How do you know a basket means this and birds mean this? And How do you know that? Well, you got to trust God for that. You, you, it doesn't just automatically come. But a lot of times we will, if we're not careful, we will interpret dreams based on what we're going through or what we want to see happen. Right? And so we have to be careful. So uh, there's a revelation and then there's the interpretation. And once you get the interpretation, you know, then there's the application. What do I do with this dream? So Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Remember, Pharaoh had a dream. What, what was his dream? Seven cows eat, you know, seven lean cows eat seven fat cows, seven uh, lean years eat, I mean, of eaves of uh, uh, hus, he, he was, What do you call those? Uh, huh? Stalks. Yeah, they eat the seven bull stocks, you know, he said, what does it mean? Well, that's the revelation. Pharaoh has no clue what it means. He's trying to get everybody to tell him what does it mean. So he has the revelation. He knows what the dream is. He just do not know what it means. And then so he comes to Joseph, and uh, Joseph shows up, and Joseph knows what it means. So he gives him the interpretation. Great. We're going to have seven years of famine. Now, what do I do with it? Joseph also has the application. God is showing you what's about to happen, so here's what you should do right? So it's, it's good to have revelation. It's good to have interpretation. But, you know, sometimes we're so used to having stuff, it's, like, it's kind of like, well, I went and bought a hot dog, and I brought it home, and I just left it on the counter. Well, what did you buy it for? Well, I was hungry. Well, why don't you eat it? Forgot. So people will have a dream. They may go to the point where they get an interpretation, but they don't apply it to their life. Why did God give me this dream? And most of the time, a dream is not for someone else. Oh, I know who needs this dream. I know who, I know who this is for. No, most of the time, God is speaking to you about a situation in your life. I'm not saying it's always that way, but for us, most of the time, that's the way it is. Okay, so let me jump to the second part. Uh, God also speaks through nature, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Why did they come to Jerusalem? Because they were following a star. Whereas he had been born the king of the Jews, for we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship it. Now, um, this is how they interpreted it. I'm sure they were a lot smarter. They they weren't using... Professional language when they were writing the Bible. We, we need to understand it. I'm sure the Magi had professional language for that. But we kind of know that nowadays it's kind of like a comet, right? They saw a star. It wasn't a, a sun, it was like a comet. They saw it in the sky and they knew what it meant. So, what does that tell us? God speaks through nature, right? He did in the Bible say, so, "Ah, I don't know about that. Well don't take it up with me, take it up with God." It says in Psalms 191 through3 the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shares or shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God speaks through nature. I, I like to listen to some pro- prophetic people, and they Find messages how the Lord is speaking through sometimes the World Series games, through the Super Bowl games, you know, and stuff. And I and I mean, and when they put it together, it's like, oh my gosh, that's incredible! I heard the same thing, I saw the same thing, but I didn't get anything out of it. You got to have ears to hear, right? But God speaks through nature. He spoke through the comet, and there were three people that heard it, that saw it knew it was something important. Everybody else saw it, and they just said, hey, what's that little glowing thing in the sky? Right? But they didn't. They said, oh, no, we've seen his star in the east. Whose star? Uh, he was at, that was born king of the Jews. And the Jews, they didn't have a clue, because they weren't looking for him. Right? So, well, how do I hear from God? Well, first of all, you got to position yourself to hear from God. Right? Well, Uh, What if I have a dream? Well, you know, uh, you're more likely to have a dream if you prepare for a dream. If you ask God for a dream, right? And if you're asking God for dreams, do you remember that story about people that were praying for rain? And so a person, a new person showed up and he didn't normally come to the church but he heard they were praying for rain so he came in that night praying for you know when they were praying for rain he came wearing a a, a raincoat and I brought an umbrella and they were laughing at him I said why are you doing that It hadn't rained in a long time I said well I thought you were praying for rain mm-hmm. are you just praying just to pray you're praying because you believe so if you're asking God to speak to you through dreams well, I would prepare I get a notebook I get a pen I'd make sure i have a way to, to get a light on, you know, when I have something. Because I'm going to tell you something, I've, I've had some dreams in the past, and if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. Well, I, I, oh, I got it so good, I got it so good in the morning, you don't even remember you had a dream. And if you do remember you had a dream, you're like, what was it? What was it? What was it? You can't remember. Right? So you prepare Or if you don't want to do it that way, you can have your iPhone or your your Android phone and have a memo thing on there. (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) Right? Romans 1, 19-20, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. And the same thing, talking about God has revealed himself in uh, nature, in creation. So third thing, that, third way that we find in Matthew 1 through 3 that God speaks is God speaks through the scriptures. Bible says in Romans 10 and 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I want to tell you something, okay? I, I don't hear this very much, but I'm sure it, it, it does. Some people don't like the Old Testament, Right? I'm a New Testament guy. Uh, I'm, I'm not into law. I'm into grace. Huh? I don't like the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. Uh, I, I love it. And when, it, when this was written, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, there was no New Testament. The only scriptures they had were the Hebrew scriptures, right? Genesis through Malachi. I'm not in that order because they ordered it differently, but th- that's all they had. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans. Paul was writing scripture when he wrote that. But he didn't know it was scripture. He thought it was a letter, but the Lord was using him. So God speaks through his word, and in what we call the Old Testament, it's a record of God speaking through the Israelites, but they, what he spoke to them, God is the same yesterday and today forever. And so what he spoke to them is still applicable for us today, and we have to bring it through the cross, right? Uh, we don't we don't wear certain vestments, you know, when we go and, and worship at the, at, at the temple. We don't slaughter animals anymore. So we have to learn how to bring it through the cross, but God still speaks. One of the greatest revelations on worship I had was in reading Leviticus. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather not read Leviticus. Not my favorite psalms. I don't like psalms. Well, I shouldn't say that. I love the Word of God. I don't like... Salad, but I eat salad. you know why? My body needs it, my body li- so I eat salad, and I, I on a regular basis, I will try and go and eat salad. and so my favorite type of scripture is not poetry, but I read it. You know why? Because I need it, and there are things in there, and I get through there and I find things. Leviticus is the same way. I get through Leviticus and I'm like,. Ah. But when you read chapters 1 through, 10, 1 through 9, it talks about worship and how you come to worship. It's incredible revelations of worship. You, if in our day and time, in our society, we are very much spectator-driven, right? You have a show. We, we don't participate in the show. We attend the show. And that's how we view Christianity. And when you read Leviticus... You have to realize that when they went to temple, they didn't go every day to temple. Some people that, that lived close by in Jerusalem and stuff, they did go on a regular basis. But if you lived down in the countryside, you know, they didn't have trams and buses and, and things like that. So three or four times a year they would have to go. And so when they were going to go, they had to prepare their sacrifice. They had to go out and they had to say, what are we going to take to worship God? What are we going to take with us to offer to the Lord? Most people don't come to church to offer something to God. They come to church to get something from God. What do we have to take that will be acceptable to God? Oh, God so just be happy that I'm there. Right? So our world is me-centered. But worship is not me-centered. It should be he-centered. Right? And so what would be acceptable? And then when they would bring the sacrifices, and they would bring their offerings to the temple. Every time they go, they were not supposed to appear empty-handed. They were supposed to go, and they brought the sacrifices to the altar. They had to come in singing the psalms. They had certain things, and they would bring the animal to, to be sacrificed, but they didn't give it to the butcher. You know, we, I, I shoot a deer uh, every so often. I know, I'm a terrible person. But I like deer. And I take it to the butcher. And they do all the work for me. When you went to worship, they had to bring the animals. But you know who was it that put their hands on the animals and recited? The priest would tell them what to say, but the worshipers would say it. And you know who it was that killed the animal? It wasn't the priest. It was the worshiper. And you know who were the ones, and the priest was guiding him. here's what you need to do. You need to cut. They were the ones that were, the priest would catch the blood and take it and offer it on the altar. But the people were the ones that were involved in the worship. How'd I get off on that? But God speaks through Scripture, and he speaks to us. Right? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. He speaks through the Old Testament, as we just got through saying, right? In fact, in Matthew 2, 3 through 6, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet in Scripture, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So what we find in this text is when the king wanted to know where the promised Messiah was to be born, they consulted the written word of God, and it was revealed to them the purposes of God through scripture. In 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21, uh, Peter says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so what we see here is that, and he's talking about in the present time, not just back in the... Old Testament, he was talking about in this present time, and he talked about another place where Paul wrote and was writing scripture as he penned letters to the churches and what they were going through. But he speaks to the Old Testament, he also speaks through the New Testament, and, and in this particular case, you'll have to go with me a little bit, but do you remember in Mark 3, where Jesus, and I won't read it, but basically brought 12 people together and he gave them power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. You know, one of those people was Matthew. You know whose gospel we're reading? The Gospel of Matthew. And John was another one of those people. And in First John, he says this, That which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we saw with our eyes, which we looked upon in our hands of handle, uh, concerning the word of life, that life was manifested, we have seen, we bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. So they were eyewitnesses of God. They walked with God. John's talking about himself, but he's talking about the apostles, right? And in 2 Peter 1.16, we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. So Matthew is writing a gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew's gospel ended up being recognized as the Holy Spirit using Matthew to bring forth the Word of God. And now we read it. We read what Matthew is writing, which when he was penning, he probably didn't know it was going to become Scripture, but it is Scripture. And it's in the New Testament. And that's why we're learning something from it today. Now, I won't do this third one, but Matthew 3, he also speaks through John the Baptist. I like John the Baptist, but but I've got that in there. So, and then part four, God speaks through Jesus. Oh, of course he speaks through Jesus. Yeah, everybody knows he speaks through Jesus. Jesus is the right answer. Yeah, I'm gonna, let's go to Scripture and see how he speaks to us through the Lord. In these chapters, Matthew 2.11, when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. Who's the young child? Jesus. With his Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those were not gifts that you brought as a housewarming present. Those were gifts that were very, very expensive. Even today, right? Uh, I'm about to maybe have my gold tooth redone, right? Well, if I were to give, even though it's gold, if I were to give some that to somebody else, that's not a very good gift. It's gold, right? I had to have gold because I bite so hard on one side. But it, it's really not. We're not talking about bringing a little, uh, uh, you know, small little little, little little. No, they were bringing generous gifts of gold, like you would bring a king, because they recognized Jesus was. That's what Messiah means: the coming, the coming Lord, the future uh, Son of David, the Messiah, the King. And they worshipped him, and they presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoken time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom also... He made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and holding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, How he become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So God spoke in the past through prophets, but now he has spoken us to us through his Son. Jesus. Who is Jesus? John 1, 1 and 14. Love these verses. We use them a lot. In the beginning was the, and the Word was, and the Word was God. Okay, great. John 1 and 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the revelation of God. The revelation, it's God's Word made visible in the flesh. If you want to know what the Word of God is, you look at Jesus. What is the will of God? Look at Jesus. He is the Word made flesh. Luke 24, 21, and then 25 to 27. But we were hoping that it was the, the two guys walking on the road to Emmaus, right? We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened, since he was crucified. They were kind of bummed out. And he said to them, Jesus said, they didn't know it was Jesus. Oh, foolish ones, a slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Right? God reveals himself through Jesus. Now, I didn't put it in here, but just kind of FYI, Matthew 17 talks about the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember that story? He takes, he takes John, Ringo, Paul, you know, three of the Beatles. They go up on the mountain, and while he's up on the mountain, he transforms before them, transfigures before them, word is metamorphosized, and he began to radiate the glory of God. And the Bible says that Moses and Elijah showed up, and we're talking to him. And Peter didn't know what to do. And uh, there are two kinds of people. People that don't know what to do, and they don't say anything. And people that don't know what to do, and they say whatever comes to their mind, even if it doesn't make sense. Peter's one of those people that, i got to say something. You know, he just can't keep quiet. Let's build three altars here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then a voice came from heaven that says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Well, who does Moses represent? he represents the law who does Elijah represent he represents the prophets the Old Testament is known as the law and the prophets but when the voice of God comes it's like the father was saying he's not minimizing the Old Testament he says listen to my son he is the full revelation of my will And we find here in Luke, when you read the Old Testament, it's meant to reveal Jesus, right? When you read the New Testament, it is revealing Jesus, revelations. The revelation, it is not the revelation of the future. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. It's all about Jesus. He's God, made flesh, buried, died, buried, rose again, ascended, sitting at the right hand of the Father. It is he whom we serve, right? John 8, 31 through 32, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Oh, I'm a disciple of Christ, why? I go to church on Easter. Every other year? Leap year, actually. What did John say? John says, if you love... Do you love the Lord? Oh, yeah, I love God. Do you keep His commandments? Which commandments? I'll pick and choose. But Jesus said... I mean, John said, if you love Him, you will keep His commandments. Jesus Himself said, if you abide in His word then you are disciples. Not if you listen to my word, it's if you abide in my word. What does that mean? That you you learn it and you do it. He said in John 7, uh, to the ones who hear my word and do it, I will liken to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. What does a foolish man build his house on? You know what sand is? Little pieces of rock, little rock here, little rock there, little rock everywhere. People say, "Well, I'll take this truth, but not this truth. I'll take this truth, but not this truth." People people approach the Bible like a book of suggestions, like uh, the fortune cookie at the end of the meal. Hmm, let's pull this verse out. Oh, no, that's not for me. This was I ate yours by mistake. Here, you take this. One. That's not how you do the Word of God. You read it. You meditate upon it. What does it have to say to me? Oh, it's going to require some changes in my life. Oh, I don't want to do that. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then I want you my disciples indeed. Psalms 1, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate. day and. Night And what happens, what does it mean to meditate? It doesn't mean new age meditation where you empty your mind. It's, it's biblical meditation where you fill your mind with the word of God. And, and you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And you shall bring forth your fruit in its season. In other words, Christianity is not a, uh, you go once and everything's good. It's a, it's a long-term thing. Right? I, I planted a lemon tree one time. It was a little small lemon tree like this. And I went out the next day to look at it. I don't know what I was looking for. You're not going to get lemons in one day. Right? You're talking about a long-term project. And, you know, sometimes, (laughs) have you ever done that? I'm not the only one that does that, you know? I know better, but I still went out and looked at it, you know? And you shall bring forth fruit in its season. This leaf shall not wither. Whatever you do, it shall prosper. If you meditate on and do the Word of God. In time, you'll bring forth fruit. Kind of like you have to look at Christian life, it's like sowing seed. You sow a seed, you sow a seed. What is the seed? The Word of God. You sow it, you sow it, you sow it. And it doesn't produce a crop overnight. No, no farmer gets a crop overnight. Does you get a crop overnight when you farm? No, it usually takes about four months or so. Some crops maybe a little bit longer. Some crop's a little bit short. You know, there's a, there's a bamboo, a species of bamboo. I think somebody, I was reading this the other day. You know, preachers read stuff all the time. So, And it says that you, they, you plant a seed, and for first year, nothing. Second year, nothing. Third year, nothing. Fourth year, nothing. Fifth year, like in the fifth year, all of a sudden it will just start sprouting up. And when it sprouts up, it grows like 15 to 25 feet overnight. But it took five years, Right? What do we want to do? We want to dig up the seed. We do. Oh, there's nothing. There's no use. You know, why? Why bother? You got to continue. It's a long term, right? Um, okay. So um, the last thing. I guess we'll go ahead and, and conclude. In the beginning pages of the Gospel Matthew, we've seen a few instances of how God speaks to His people, and the purpose for studying these is so that we can be open to the Lord speaking to us. Because my contention is that God is still speaking to His people today. Now, I didn't put this in there uh, in, in, in a plain, plainly, I did say he speaks through scripture, but for me, more often than not, the Lord speaks to me through his word. But I've said this before, but they actually, when I got saved, they said go to church. So I went to church. I've been going to church ever since I've been saved. I got saved yesterday. No. I got saved in 1985. And they said, You need to be filled with the Spirit. So, a month later, I got filled with the Spirit. And they said, You need to read your Word of God. And so I bought a Bible and I read the Word of God every day. In fact, for the first 10, 15, 20 years of my life, I read it through four times a year. Because that's how you learn. Right? And so, here's the thing I'll get back to that in a minute. See, we so often want God to speak to us, and He does but what we don't realize is that we have to have the language for him to speak to us and this is the language he often speaks to us with. the more you put in the more he has to draw out if you don't put it in it's like I want to share something with you but but if you the word of God contains what I want to use to speak to your life so the more you read it, he has to draw from there he had more he has to draw from and and we have to read repetitively because we we leak we forget things so you got to read again or it's just so much we have to continually uh, do these things in my life so uh, they said go to uh, pray and I prayed I've been doing that since 1985 right I learned how to how to how my wife will tell you um, she said I was born an old man <laughs> because I'm very rigid so the Bible said early in the morning shall I seek you so I used to I used to go when I was in involved college I would I'd drive a bus I had to, Makes money, so I started driving a bus, and I'd have to be there at six. And uh, I had a friend that the Lord told me when I got to Bombay College is get to know him. He was old; he was thirty-two. That was back then. That was my perception. Yeah, he's an old guy. He was thirty-two. The Lord said, "I want you to get to know him." And I spoke real clearly to my heart. He did, and so I did. I got to know him, and he shared with me a scripture he had read. It was important to him that I wouldn't uh, – Leonard Ravenhill wrote a scripture for full-time ministers. I wouldn't give two bits for a minister that spent two, two, less than two hours a day, full-time minister that spent less than two hours a day in prayer. And so, oh, i got to pray two hours a day. The only problem is I, I, for, I didn't know what to pray after a couple of minutes. You know, He's like, Well, i got to spend time here whatever. And the Lord began to show me how to pray. He began to show me – so I would always try to spend a, a few hours a day with the Lord – and when I started going to work at 6, I started getting up at 4. Now, listen, I, I used to be an athlete, so I know what you got to, to do to do things. you got to be disciplined to do things. So, but my body wasn't used to going to bed at 10. My body was used to going to bed at 12, 1. So getting up at 4, you don't want to get up at 4. But when you really want to do something, you want to go fishing, and you're going to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning, but you didn't get to bed till 2. Are you going to get up at 5 4? Yeah, you're going to get up at 4 because you want to go fishing. Seek ye first the kingdom. When you really want to do something, it's surprising what we can do. I really wanted to spend time with God. I really wanted to get to know God. I really wanted to be in his presence. I'm going off on a tangent, okay? Y'all okay with that? Okay, so I started getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And if I went to bed at 1, I still got up at 4. And sometimes I got up like this. But I got up and went and took a shower. And I got and, and, and I learned how to drink coffee. <laughs> I didn't drink coffee before that, but I learned how to drink coffee. And for the first couple of months, literally for the first couple of months, I'd get in my quiet time at 4, and I'd be there for about 10 or 15 minutes, and I'd wake up about quarter to 6. But I was dressed in that time, reading my Bible, and, you know, I, you know, but the Lord never chastised me, never said that. I think he was pleased with me, and uh, this is me, I'm uh, not him, he's not saying it, what's more important is what he thinks, but uh, I think he was pleased that I was making, because he knew where the long term was going to end up. Over a process of time, I start my body started falling to sleep. Because it was so tired and have no rest, well, 10 o'clock, I'd be out. right? My body said, "If I don't go to sleep, <laughs> he, he's more stubborn than I am. I talk to my body sometimes, right? Sometimes uh, as you get older, you know you have to go to the bathroom. I'm going off on a, a little bit more. When I'm walking, I talk to my body. I said, "You will listen to me. You hear me?" He said, "Because if you don't listen to me, it's going to look bad for me and for you." So straighten up. I do talk to my body. <laughs> and eventually, it's like the body says, this guy's more stubborn than I thought. I better start going to bed early because your body will fight you. That's why the Bible says, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the, by the mercy of God, that you present your body in living sacrifice. That's why the Bible says, crucify the flesh. Don't let your body run your life. Right? You, your body was not there to teach you what to do and show you what to do. You're there to, 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 to lead in God. your body. Your dogs are not supposed to run your life. You're supposed to discipline your dogs, and they're supposed to be there for you. Right? Your children are not supposed to run the house. Your children are the most beautiful things that God gives you. But if you don't discipline your children, they will run your house, and they will become a major problem for whoever, if somebody, and whoever chooses to marry them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your body, you have to discipline your body. What? Well, listen. I had to learn. We all have strengths in some areas and weaknesses in other areas. Listen, one of the one of the big sins for Christians, and we don't really call them sins, is gluttony. I was the biggest one, but I was miserable, terrible, and I felt like the Lord uh, gave me grace because you can't do it without grace to be able to, because your body says, "I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I want it. I want it. I want it." give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. It feels good, it feels good. It feels- and at night, you're, I feel horrible. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why-? And you begin to realize over the process of time, you can start to tell your body, you're not going to do this. Is it hurt? Yes. Is it painful? Yes. That's why diets don't last very long. Yeah, nothing is, is enjoyable that begins with the word die. <laughs> let me get back, let me get back. So anyway, over the process of time, my body started falling asleep earlier. And when I went and spent time with the Lord, I stayed up the whole time. And it was, became very, very fruitful. And I've been doing that since I got went to Bible college earlier. I've been doing that since 1987. Why does the Lord speak to me? Because I position myself in a place where he can speak to me. And am I special? No. My sheep hear my if you position yourself in a place to hear from God he will speak to you too right so for me it's always been the Word of God I read through the Word of God on a regular basis he speaks to me I, I mean I, I, Matthew 1 I'm reading Matthew 1 God, I'm reading my Bible I gotta read more because I'm used to reading so much and I can't get out of chapter 1 I can't I said oh that's so good I wrote it oh that's so good I wrote it down it's like, it's like man it's gonna take me 10 years to read the Bible but you know it's not about it's not about reading your Bible. It's about connecting with the God of the Bible. You can read your Bible and never connect. So if you only read a verse but you connect, oh, that's really what it's about. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the connection. That's what it's about. So um, if you hear from God outside of the Word of God, you need to bring it to the Word of God. If, you, if you're reading the Bible and the Lord speaks to you out of your Bible, well, you know, it's in the Bible. But some people get some really weird stuff out of the Bible, so you've got to make sure that it's rightly divided. But if you hear outside of the Bible, and God does speak outside of the Bible, you got to make sure and bring it to the Bible and make sure it's in agreement with what the Bible teaches. This is my Bible, right? It is my Bible guidebook. It is my standard. It is what directs me and guides me. Anything that I say, if it doesn't agree with this, toss it. This is what's going to change your life. Not this, this, right? The goal is to preach this. That's what we want. So, anyway, my sheep hear my voice. So, God is still speaking to his people today. That's you and I. So that's, one, that's the purpose for the study tonight. But second, we hear the Lord speak to us so that we can then become a voice to others that God is alive. Because see, other people that are lost aren't watching the Christian channel. I'm happy for the Christian Channel. And some people, when they're desperate, they do watch the Christian Channel. But most people don't watch Daystar and TVN. Right? Most people don't read the Bible. Lost people are looking for God. So how does God speak to them? Well, he can speak to them through nature. He can speak through dreams. But if there's not a person there like a Joseph who can interpret the dreams, what good is it? So God speaks to them through his people. So we have to be in a position to hear God so then we can become God's voice to them. Right? We hear the Lord speak so that we can then communicate to others what God has spoken to us, that their ears may also be open and tuned in to hear God for themselves. Acts 2, 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. That covers the whole gamut of people. Rich, poor, young, old, uh, 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 men, women. Uh, it covers everyone. Romans 10, 14 through 15. I'm, I'm done. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Don't get hung up, hung up on that word preacher. Without someone to tell them. And how shall they uh, preach unless they are sent? Go into all the world and make disciples. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who who preach the gospel of peace. You may say to yourself, I hate my feet. Well, start preaching the gospel. Then your feet will become beautiful. (laughs) That's not what it means. (laughs) Okay, no. (laughs) How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. God speaks to his people so that we, in turn, can speak to those on behalf of God, that they too might become his people.